We're not here to play games, but God sure is fun, isn't he? <laughs> God loves dancing. And, and there's, a, there's a picture in the Old Testament, I just remembered it in worship, of uh, uh, in the Old Testament when God was visiting the people after a temple was built and, there, and, and uh, Israel gathered as one man. As one man, the Bible says, there's this picture in the Bible that describes the posture of worship of the Israelites. And I just want to encourage you, if you feel a little bit ridiculous dancing around, like I don't have my breath right now, uh, but if you feel a little bit ridiculous, let me just show you the posture of worship that is described in the Old Testament. I was doing this with Harrison one day in my living room, and Noel walked out and was like, what on earth are you doing? But he said, the Bible describes the people being down on their, on their knees with their face to the ground, literally on, literally on the ground like this, and their hands spread out like that. And so I don't know about you, but that's a little bit ridiculous. But I think God uh, delights when we just go for it. He delights in the joy that we, uh, that we have in him because he is good. He is loving, he is kind, and he saved us. We're free. That's the beauty of Jesus. So take a seat. Take a seat. I'm not dismissing anybody today. So if you're expecting to go anywhere, young children, you're stuck with me. I'm glad you're here, though. This is fun. Um, my name's Isaac. It's good to meet you if I've never met you. Uh, I love this place. You are my family. Even if you're the first time, first time here, I just want to welcome you. You belong here. You're your family in the house of God. You don't need to do anything or pretend to be anybody else. You're in the right place. Uh, this is home, so welcome. My name's Isaac, and uh, a lot of you already know this, but uh, tomorrow morning, uh, we're moving to Detroit, Michigan. Uh, tom tomorrow morning. And uh, well, it's going to take us 12 days to get there. We've got a lot of stuff to do on the way, see some sights. And our family maximum in the vehicle was four hours, so pray for us. <laughs> But uh, normally at this normally at this time I'd tell a I'd tell a dad joke. I would normally do that, but I'm gonna give you some dad news, okay? I'm gonna give you some dad news. It's not a dad joke, and I'm not. And this isn't this isn't a trick. This is not a joke. Don't be deceived. But I just want to introduce my family, all of us. My name's Isaac. This is Noel. Uh, Harrison just left. Theodore's right here. Abraham's right here. And then uh, you haven't met them yet, but uh, in May the 4th of 2023, there will be a brand new McKinley. Uh, so, isn't that awesome? Yikes. Isn't that crazy? Yes. Oh, Lord, yes. Brand new. <laughs> oh, that's fun. That's fun. Um, we're good with either boy or girl, but clearly I'm rooting for one gender just to even things out a little bit, but that's us. Um, so we're moving tomorrow morning, and I just want to, I want to thank you, Bob, your, your father, to us. Thank you. I want to thank you, Pete, your father, to us. And uh, I'm honored. Wouldn't be doing what we're doing without, you know, your shepherding and your leadership. So thank you guys. Um, and I love you all, you're my family. So I can't talk too much about that. 
because I do have something to say today. Um, today's about being a sent one, and I suppose that's because I'm going somewhere for Jesus, <laughs> uh, and, and we're being sent ones, Noel and I. But um, instead of just saying, be a sent one, or, you know, trying, trying to raise up like this rally cry to, you know, to go and do something drastic, I, I really felt that our story is, is one of not always just massive drastic moves. It's one of uh, really simple daily steps that don't look so glamorous, but uh, over long periods of time, you, you begin to discover that God has actually been weeding out fear in your life and all these things that keep you from, um, from being a sent one, one who will go. Because what I've found is that, you know, the, the famous Isaiah 6, 8 chapter, this, you know, whom shall I send for us? Who will go for us? And then Isaiah says, here I am, send me. And I found that there's a, there's a big maybe gap sometimes between the here I am <laughs> and then the send me, right? They don't always just like immediately happen one after another. And God needs to work in us some stuff before the sending usually happens. And um, so really today I want to give you the story of the sent ones, Okay. So we're going to talk about the story of the sent ones, not just sent ones, be a sent one. It's the story of how God actually does this in our lives, the story of the sent ones. Here I am, send me. And um, I've, I've told a lot of you my story already, Noel and I's story, and you've heard snippets of it, and maybe some of it will come out, but what I really wanted to share was um, why, you know, I, you could... Jesus shines through your testimony. People say amen, right? The, Jesus shines through your testimony. But what really stirred up me and our family to do something like this is to stay, take these steps of obedience and be sent ones was to love Jesus and, and really specifically to follow Scripture. Um, and so I want to look at the Bible. Um, and it's, you're not just going to hear my story, although I do, I do really want to move you towards Jesus. Like, I'm no shame about it. I want you to feel a little bit unsettled today. I want you to feel a little bit irked or like a little bit prodded, you know, that like if I can, if that's possible in a loving way, I want to like, you know, move you towards him or at least direct your gaze towards him so he can lead you somewhere. Uh, I want to call you. And, and, and call you higher, you know? There's greater things in God, always. Always there's greater things in God. So we're here to call each other higher um, and to exalt him and to, um, to stir us all up in love and good works. Amen? That's what we're here to do. So let's look at the Bible. And the Bible is the revelation of God to man. Isn't that amazing? The scriptures, this thing. I, I love the Bible so much. And I hope you do too, because it's no light thing to have the very word of God in your hand, available to you. It's just, when you really think of it, it it's the most precious gift. It's the greatest thing we could ever have is, is the very words of God given to us. And so it, the Bible is the revelation of God to man. It's also the relationship of God with man. It's how, how do we relate to this God? God has revealed himself, but now he actually, in the word that you all hold in your paper books or your smartphones or whatever, 
It, the, that book will teach you how to relate and live with God. And it also, um, the Bible is the purpose of God for man. You say, I don't know my purpose, or that, that message Pete was preaching about knowing Jesus, I don't know Jesus, I don't really know my purpose, I'm just kinda like you know, out here floating around. Let me tell you, in the word of God, the Holy Bible in the scriptures is revealed to you your purpose. It's God's purpose for, for man. And ultimately, it's the story of God and man. And what's really cool, since we're talking about um, being sent ones, here I am, send me, you know, who will, uh, if nobody he, uh, hears, somebody has to go tell them, unless how will they hear, how beautiful are those who carry the gospel of peace, you know, there's other spot, spots in the Bible that talks about being sent too. Jesus sent out 70 people, and then when they returned, he said, I saw Satan fall like lightning, right? Remember that part? And he sent out the 12th. Uh, there's all, sport, all, all sorts of spots in scripture where Jesus is sending people out, um, and we're gonna talk about those. But what's, what I wanna paint the picture of, what I wanna draw out from this beautiful Bible that we all get to read and share and understand God through is that the Bible is actually um, a story of sent ones. God writes his story through sent people. And I know it's kind of small. Oh, you can read that. You guys are good, yeah? Yeah, okay. Um, and these are just one words. I was just thinking about different characters through scripture and drawing it out and maybe um, tying it to you. Who are the people that were sent in scripture and what they do in a word? You know, you might pick a different word, but these are the words I picked as I read the Bible. But Adam and Eve, multiply. They were sent to multiply. They had a mandate, do this, multiply. They're sent, Noah, sent to build an ark to save, right? Abraham, to father, you're the father of nations through you. Joseph, he preserved his people and they were blessed through him. Moses, deliverer, right? Joshua, sent to conquer a land. I like Joshua. Judges, oh man, this part of the Bible gets, uh, gets wild, but the judges were there, you know, they were sent to keep, to keep the prophets to speak and to guide and the kings, oh boy, the kings. They, I think they were sent to prove actually King Jesus' supremacy over the kingship of man and the ability of man to govern themselves. We, we find out really blatantly how badly we need God in the kings. Nehemiah sent to restore, Esther to defend, John prepare, right? John the Baptist, that is, Mary and Joseph sent to birth, and then, holy smokes, the dad of Jesus, to steward Jesus. Holy cow, what a call. Jesus sent to reveal God, to reveal the plan of salvation. Do you wanna know God's heart? Read about Jesus. You wanna know what, G what God thinks of you? Look at Jesus. He's the revelation, and, and then the disciples, sent to witness. And then in my notes, I got a dot, 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 because as I read the scripture, uh, and this is a really big challenge to me, is that we can't escape the fact that you, that you, just, just go like point to yourself or something like that, just like make it, make it personal, that you and I are sent to, right? 
Like, we can't escape this. If you've read this book, like I have, and, and you honestly approach it, and you believe that the words are actually written to you, um, which the Bible says they are, um, you have to believe that you and I are actually sent to. There's no getting around it. It doesn't matter how comfortable that makes you feel, or if you feel ready, or if you don't feel ready. Maybe you're, you're you know, like, no way, I can't do this. This is like the Bible is detached from me. These people in Scripture, they're not normal people, they're extraordinary people. You guys, maybe some of them are kind of wild. Elijah, I think, is just out there and amazing. But sometimes I think we're going to arrive in heaven and, and look at, you know, I don't know, I'll pick on Bartholomew or something like that. Pick on, you know, one of these guys and be like, what? what? It's you? Like, <laughs> you were used to establish the church? You were, you were used to do miracle? Like, you, you look just like me. And, and it's true. And that's the beauty of the Holy Spirit and the power of the gospel. And that's the wonder of God is that he takes you and I and sends us to just as those in scripture were sent and just as God wrote the story and revealed the glory of himself and his son Jesus through the word. And so here we get to step into, we're not stepping into scripture, but we get to run with scripture. We get to run with the message and we're sent to um, but, you know, we all, we all approach Scripture in different ways. Uh, maybe you read the Bible as a skeptic. You know, maybe that's how you naturally approach it. Maybe, maybe that's you. Or maybe uh, a professor. Like, you like to kind of be ivory tower about it. You like to really dig in and, and, and think through everything. And that's fine. That's good, too. Uh, you know, and maybe, maybe you're new to Jesus or you're not, you don't really know what to do with the Bible and you haven't received Christ, so you're like, this book's cool. It's got some spiritual stuff in it, and I'm trying to improve my like mindfulness and stuff like that. And, and maybe you're trying to like figure out what to do with scripture, but something changes when you just read the Bible like a kid. You read the Bible and you just you say, "Okay, Lord, there's no getting around it. I, I'm going to read this book." And the testimony of these fishermen in the New Testament, I'm going to read this book, and I'm going to choose right now to believe that when Jesus gives commands to the disciples, when Jesus is talking to the people, he's talking to me. And Something clicked in my brain one day. I don't know how to describe it, right, Knowles? Where we're like, I have to now hold myself accountable whether I've seen the things that Jesus has mentioned or not, whether I'm doing the things that he's asked me to do or not. I'm going to read this book, and when Jesus says these signs will follow those that believe, I have to, I have to, I have to believe that they're written to me. And now, now I'm not just going to, to, to lay down and be defeated and, and, and say, God, no way, I can't live up to this because you can't. Newsflash, you can't. 
But what's beautiful is God says, with me, you can. And so then begins the story of being sent. When you begin to walk as the disciples walked and you begin to apply the red letters to your own life as though they're written directly to you. That changed my life. And, you know, we make lots of excuses. We think, you know, but, you know, I've got issues, but I'm flawed, I'm confused, I'm distracted, I'm selfish and rude and moody, you know. <laughs> Amen. Uh, we're about to go on a road trip. God's going to weed some stuff out of us, you know, <laughs> some rude and moody. And it's true, you know, but I can, we can laugh at this stuff and, and I, I can have a joy in my spirit. God has blessed me with a joy, just like a, like a well of joy. And it doesn't matter how, what I do, it seems, it just like the Holy Spirit just picks me up again. And so I have all these excuses, but, but, like, but what? I'm from like Malala, you know? I, I, there's no way. Does anybody know what Malala is? <laughs> these people do right here. Like Malala doesn't go to Detroit. Do you understand? That's not how this works. You know, so there's lots of excuses. And, and I just want to encourage you. If you're in a, in a, I'll just say it, a butt season, you know, <laughs> if you feel like you're behind in life, <laughs> there's my dad joke. There you go. There it is. Thank you. Here till tomorrow morning. Uh, you guys, God is good, and he's here today. And uh, I have good news for you that our story is still being written. Our story is still being written. Because we saw it, if you were here on time, if you were here on time this Sunday, you would have seen an awesome statement on the screen flashing by, and it's the uh, vision of this church, this house, City Harvest. And it's right here. People living their identity and purpose in Christ. Our story is still being written. Are you alive today? Yes. Are you here? Uh, God, even if you by accident showed up in this place, thank the Lord. God draws all men to himself. It is not an accident that you are here. The Holy Spirit is here. And, and Jesus himself, guys, this is wild. And then I gotta keep going because I can't get distracted. When we assemble as the saints in faith, the very body of Jesus Christ comes together. And a picture of Christ is seen today, here, right now, because you as individual members of him, carrying pieces of his spirit, carrying measures of his grace, carrying, I like to say it like this, you carry the image of God, which I like to call little bits of his glory right? Little bit. God gives you little bits of his glory. Why? I don't know. But he loves us. And when we come together, there's this glorious assembly. There's this faith-filled place where anything's possible because we're not just a boy scout club. We're not just the girl scouts eating cookies afterwards and drink. like, this is not the YMCA. This is the holy assembly of the saints of Jesus Christ Come on, you are a high priest, you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special possession. And when you come here, there's something of the glory of God that's experienced. That's why 
Maybe you're like me and you're worshiping and Mark's singing and you just begin to cry because the Holy Spirit's working in your life because the presence of Jesus has the power to change, transform, heal, deliver. So even while I'm talking, if there's something you're working through, I just pray that the spirit of deliverance of Jesus just comes in and yeah. takes it out of you. I pray that the joy, and I'll, even, I'll be bold to say it, the anointing of joy that I carry just comes and fills you with joy so that you can taste and see. We say it all the time here. Yeah. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Yeah. That's not just a catchy phrase. That's truth. Yeah. Believe it today, church. So it's fun to be in church. Uh, and so I have, uh, I have some statements of identity and purpose I want to give and some declarations of purpose. And uh, I've kind of organized it this way. And the identity statements we're going to say is, I am. So just say, I am. Just say, I am. And just say, I can. And then some purpose. We're going to get some purpose in our bones. Let's say, this is a good word. I ought. Thanks for that, Nana. And then <laughs> and say, I will. Okay, so this is, and I'm not a motivational speaker. You know, this might sound like, well, you're just trying to pump us up. Yeah, I'm trying to pump you up. But listen, it gets worse because, uh, <laughs> it gets worse. Because the story of the sent ones really reads something like this. It reads something like this. You know, you aren't and you can't and you, you frankly, you'd never and you wouldn't is really what we, we would be saying, right? Like that's, that's us without Jesus. But Jesus turns the story into something like this. I was, but now I am. Because, right, he is. That's, that's the part. This is all about him. Hello. We're not here for ourselves or for our own agendas, agendas or for our own purposes. I'm not moving to Detroit for the weather or the good roads. It's about him. You, you are not called to do what, you, what you're called to do. You're not called to write music and bless the nations with a song, Casey. You know, you're not called to shepherd Pete for yourselves. Lord goodness, you would never do that for yourself. But you would for him. Because he is. And I couldn't. Man, I couldn't. I couldn't do anything on my own. Man, I tried it by myself. I, I was lost. I was broken. I was humiliating myself. I was confused and in weakness and in my own strength. But now, I can. My insecurities, man, somehow Jesus takes them and says, no, 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 no. Take this step. Let me show you that you, that you can. Because I, he does, not did. We serve a living Jesus. We serve a Jesus seated on the throne of God. He does. He works miracles. He speaks a better word. This is Jesus. So he takes for you from I couldn't to I can by his grace because he does. And then I'd never, I'd never, I'd never wash another's feet. I'd never stoop so low. I'd never associate with the poor and needy. Has anybody ever been to that spot? I, hey, come on. I'd never surrender my ego or, or risk my reputation for my own sake. But now, I ought. I ought. And I'll define that real quick. Ought is to express obligation. 
It's advisability. I ought. It's advisability. I like these last two. I ought. It's natural expectation. It's logical consequence. I ought. When you enter into the story of a sent one, and you follow Jesus, he does these things to your brain that mess you up. Suddenly, I've been describing people our story, they're like, what on earth? Like, it's nonsense. Why on earth would you do something like what you're doing? It's crazy. I'm like, I mean, yeah, from your perspective, but I ought to because this is just the natural expectation that God has built in me over years of knowing him. This is the logical consequence of daily obedience. So you think it's nuts? And yeah, it is kind of crazy to you. But see, the kingdom of God flips the kingdom of this world on its head, right? And so illogical things suddenly become logical steps. And and what I want to do is encourage you today that your simple obedience will produce in you the I ought spirit, the I ought mentality of I, this doesn't make sense. I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't know why I'm going to school for this. You know, I don't know why I'm entering this field or, or, or doing this occupation. I, I'm not trying to say everybody needs to be like me. I'm saying you ought to love Jesus where you're at and it might just look illogical, but it's the natural expectation in the kingdom because he leads, he's a shepherd, he's a counselor, he's, he's wisdom. Uh, he leads us to the orphan, to the widow, to the poor, to the hurt. Um, and then lastly, I, God takes us from I wouldn't. I wouldn't allow my pride to suffer or you know, confront the deepest fears in my life. I wouldn't allow that to happen. Why would I do that? That's not fun. I don't like being a, you know, being a mess, being an embarrassment. Um, one time I stood right here and the Holy Spirit hit me so hard that I, I felt his presence on me. And Bob describes a, a story where you felt the, the literal like, sensation of the fire of the Lord fill your body. And that happened to me right here, City Harvest, right here. And I probably looked like a ridiculous human, uh, just like a, a complete mess. But something was happening to me in that moment that, that was taking me from I wouldn't, something was weeding me out and God was revealing himself to me because I was just really hungry for God. I was just super hungry for Jesus. And he was, he was putting, taking this I wouldn't out of me and putting in this I will, I will. And I've had experiences where if I'm, to, if I'm gonna describe to you how it feels to be me sometimes, it feels a lot like, um, like a cow. <laughs> I know you didn't expect that coming, but this is why, this is why. Because cows... Because cows, when they, we drive by Coleman Ranch in Malala, and you notice this thing on their, on their behind. It's called a brand. And what they do is they heat up this brand, this piece of iron, and then stick it onto the cow's butt, and then burn the name. Right? They burn the name. They burn the image of their owner on to the cow. And 
God has spoke to me, and I've felt at moments like a cow because I am so branded by the, by the burning of the Holy Spirit. And if you never felt something like this, if you never experienced what I'm talking about, that's all right. It's the story of the sent ones, and maybe God will do something in you similar. And I hope you don't feel like a cow. Maybe it's something more glorious, like an eagle. <laughs> but to me, it feels like a cow. Like I'm, I'm helplessly, completely, utterly, utterly. Hey. <laughs> I'm bound to Jesus. And so why? It's just... I will, I must. And it's because he loves me. It's because he loves me. It's the love of Jesus that does these things. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him would have everlasting life. Isn't that great? It's the love of Jesus that just draws me in closer. It's this knowing him that I can't resist. It's this, I'm just bound to you, Jesus, not because I have some duty to accomplish. You give me things to do with you. That's fun. I'm okay with that. I'll accept an assignment from you as long as, Lord, you're with me. As long as you go with me, I'll do it. If you're not going with me, what's the point? I'm bound to you because I need to know you. I need to walk with you. This is the purpose and the joy of mankind. It's to live with God. It's to enjoy communion with him. It's to enter into this place of love that you can't run away from, that you would never dare to escape from, that you're bound to because the love of God just grips you. And if you don't know that love of Jesus, if you don't know that love of Jesus, there's an invitation today to accept that kind of love, that kind of life, where you don't have to strive for the love of other people anymore, but you accept this love I'm trying to describe in some sort of words that just feels like life, yeah. like light. It's, it's, it's a spirit, it's a newness, it's a fresh life shut up in your bones that just like comes out, makes you do things, gives you words in the right moment, gives you wisdom that's not your own, makes you a different person, calls you a different name, breaks the shame and the hardship off of you, and, and it gives you this mentality that lifts you higher. He leads you to the rock that is higher than I. Jesus is wonderful. Let's look at Moses really quick, and then, uh, and then we're gonna pray and respond, okay? I like the story of Moses. Um, also Jeremiah, but we're going to skip Jeremiah today because uh, of time's sake. But let's look at Moses uh, in chapters Exodus uh, 3 and 4. And I'm going to kind of go through it quickly because it's a large, it's two chapters, right? I would encourage you to read this, but I'm going to pull out some scriptures here. And I want us to just see, you know, these statements and maybe what God's doing. Yeah, uh, praise team, if you guys want to come up here, it'd be awesome. Um, Exodus chapter three, verse four. God called out to him, God called to him out of the burning bush and said to him, Moses, Moses. And he said, I like these words, here I am, right? Then verse five through 10 speaks of God outlining his plan of the deliverance of the Israelites from Egypt, okay? 
So God's now outlining his plan. He's giving them, here's what I, I want you to do, okay? But let's read verse 11. But Moses said to God, who am I? that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. Who am I, right? He's in the I was. He's in the, he's in the pre, he doesn't know but now, right? He needs to know that I am, and God's about to tell him. And how does he say I am? Look at verse 17, or verse 12. He says, he said, I shall be with you. I believe God will give you a specific name and he will give you a specific identity. But what I read right here is that the I am, the ability to say, but I was, but now I am because he is. He is. And that's kind of uncomfortable. We want a little more information. And when he says, who are you? He says, I will be with you. In the book of Ephesians, it says the phrase, in Christ, like 30-something times, in Christ. So God's not so, so terribly concerned about just answering your immediate question. What he wants to do is draw you in to him to teach you who you are together, in Christ. Living your identity and purpose, where? In Christ. Verse 13, he says, uh, uh, what if they say, what is his name? What shall I say to them? Moses is, is replying back to the Lord. And then verse 14 said, God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. And then verse 15, say this to the people, uh, or, or, so then God sends Moses to say to the people, right? Are you guys tracking with me? Sorry, I'm kind of skipping through stuff. Say to the people, God's planted, tell them what I want to do, okay? So Moses, go do it, all right? So this is now his I ought, okay? Now I have, I've been commissioned. I have an I ought, but Moses still doesn't think he can. And then chapter four comes, verse one. Moses says, but behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice when I'm telling them all this stuff. Moses is still like, Lord, but they ain't going to believe me. And what I hear is, show me I can do it. I can't do that. They're not going to believe me. And I love what God does. Verse four, chapter 4, verse 2. The Lord said to him, what is in your hand? Does that hit you like it hits me right now? What is in your hand? And he said, a staff. Some versions say a walking stick. That's comforting to Moses, I'm sure. I got this stick, Lord. <laughs> Chapter four, verse three, and he said, God said, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground and it became a serpent and Moses ran from it. I would too, I'd run from that snake. But God's saying, you can do this. Verse 10, and we're almost done. Moses said to the Lord, oh my Lord, I am not eloquent. He's still saying I can't do this, but I am slow of speech and tongue. Verse 11, then the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Right? You can do it. I made you. I, you can do it. This is who you are. I made you. Verse 17, now therefore go and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. 
that was verse 12, sorry. Verse 13. <laughs> Moses still says, please send someone else. Like, goodness, Moses. You had a burning bush, for goodness sakes. <laughs> verse 14 through 17, God commissions Aaron now to go and be his mouthpiece. And then in verse 18, Moses went back to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, please let me go back to my brothers in Egypt to see whether they are still alive. And so I think something happened in Moses just then. And this is where I want to end on these last two verses, where Moses now, something in his spirit says, I will, I will. Please let me go, Jethro, I will. And that's the hardest part. That really is the hardest part, is the I will. I think we can be on this journey of identity and purpose, and then ultimately, if it never comes to that point of us where we're willing to just say, I will, then we can miss it, and we can live, you know, fine, but missing the call of God on our life, missing the story that God's writing with us. So I want to end with two verses. John 10, 27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. They hear my voice. What do they do? They listen. And I know them. How do you engage in relationship with any normal person? You talk to them. You engage, you pray. And they follow me. They draw near and move with. They draw near and move with. And then Matthew 28, 19 to 20. I want to end right here. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, he says, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's amazing. If you could stand with me, let's sing this song. And, and, I, and I just want to pray in closing, and I just want to invite you to respond right now in whatever way that God stirs you. Because, you know, I'm moving to Detroit. I don't, God's not calling you to Detroit. That would be nuts. I don't see it happening, but maybe God is. But God is calling you, and I want you, I, I want to encourage you to enter into the story of the sent one, to say, here I am, Lord, in my, however I'm coming, in my identity right now, and there's this purpose that you've called me to. I read it in the Bible. Take me from here I am to send me. Do the work that needs to be done. From I was to I am to, to uh, because he is, to I couldn't, I can because he does. I, I never, but now I ought because he leads me and I wouldn't, I wouldn't. But now Lord, I decide, I purpose in my heart from the deepest part, I will because you love me. Jesus loves you, he's with you. He's for you church. And I wanna commission you in my own way. Knowles and I would do the same thing just to pray. God, can we just pray together real fast? Maybe just, I don't know, receive something, put your hands out. Just, Lord, we just come to you right now in the sense of a commissioning of saying, here we are, God. And we're responding, Lord. You've captured our heart, God. And if, and if we've not tasted the love, I just pray, God, that we would feel this love that draws us in, this love that stirs us forward. God, this love that binds us and brands us to you, that calls us your own, that speaks identity and moves us into purpose, not for our own sake, but with you, to know you, to make you known, Jesus. I pray, God, that there would be a movement through this house of City Harvest, that this would continue to be a place 
that sends because they're sent once. That sends because God, they're a people, they're a, they're a church, they're a family that is caught up in the love of Christ. That knows what it is to live in that place, to live like you, to live with you, to want you more than anything else, God. I pray, God, for miraculous provision. I pray for, for miraculous breakthrough in the lives of my family and friends here. I pray, God, that there would be a revelation of a new work in this house, in this new season. There would be breakthrough. There would be salvation flooding the streets and, and revival, God, taking place. Let it be done today. You are worthy, Jesus. You are good. You're everlasting. You're holy. There's no one like you. So we respond to you right now in Jesus' name. Amen.